0: This is a headgum podcast.
1: You are yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, know. Hey, Hey, hey. Yeah. No. Come on, come on. Hey, I want to be famous. Welcome to Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Lindsay Weber.
3: I'm Bobby Finger.
2: And I don't really have a ton to say, but I feel like we should just get started with the calls because you know. Nobody wants to hear us eat yogurt or talk about what we did today. They just want to hear the calls.
3: I feel like that's a cop out, but okay, <laughs> whatever you say, Lindsay. Whatever you say. A cop out of what? I don't have anything
2: for us. Lindsay you don't wasn't prepared. Lindsay wasn't prepared. Lindsay, you prepared.
3: Lindsay weren't prepared. You weren't prepared. And
2: I just don't want you to like you know eat another thing on air. I just don't need to edit out those chomping noises. And you know I don't want to hear any more about your like kombucha or hot sauce plans.
3: Too late because the opening calls, two of three of them are about food. Let's start with the first one.
2: Alright.
4: Hi, it's Hannah calling. Um, I'm just listening to Thursday's episode and I heard you talking about the lemon curd parfait at Starbucks and it's my absolute favorite snack at Starbucks. I was so excited to hear it on this podcast. It is such a huge snack at Starbucks. Nobody knows about it, but it's the best. It's also like 400 calories. Okay,
2: thanks. Bye. Wait
3: that was it <laughs> she loves it that's it I just love that she loved it God,
2: I love like the lengths people will go to feel solidarity it's like yes girl I also like the lemon curd <laughs> the lemon curd parfait
3: was just like imagine how many times this caller Hannah I think her name was has tried to tell her friends about the lemon curd parfait right, and no one
2: will listen to her and she's and like, like Hannah <laughs>
3: enough about the lemon <laughs> curd, curd parfait. parfait we've never had it and she's like it's the hooiest treat it's so good
2: but I will say I feel like I could take normal, like, g- you know, Greek yogurt and put in lemon, some lemon curd or some sort of lemon yeah, need- and recreate my own Starbucks parfait.
3: Yeah, you're going to get, you having lemon curd in your fridge is about as probable as me having scoby in my fridge.
2: That's so, <laughs> it's so rude to me. Um, <laughs> have oh, well, I made my, I, have my fridge.
3: I made my weekly, I know what's in your fridge. It's like in- exclusively LaCroix <laughs> and pickles. And, and and Greek yogurt. Let me tell you, there's no lemon curd in there.
2: This is such a huge, like, docks of my privacy more than anything before on this podcast.
3: Uh, and all the good flavors are gone. All the good flavors are gone, of too. What? All, you have, all you had left over when I was there was berry. The berry <laughs> one, which is gross. It's the only flavor I don't like.
2: I will have, you know, for the people listening to this podcast who might come to my apartment and now will never come because they (laughs) think I only have Barry LaCroix left, I have two boxes of LaCroix that I need to put into the fridge, but they are good flavors.
3: Which ones? Okay, let's not open this can of worms. (laughs) I'm going to move on. Okay.
4: Obviously, Um,
2: I'm still never coming back. Hey, this
4: is Michelle from Toronto. I am immediately making a ringtone of Lindsay just saying Degrassi, Degrassi, Degrassi over and over again because it's hilarious and amusing, and I'm not gonna shit all over you for saying it because I know a lot of people will but that's
2: not how we say it we say Degrassi Degrassi eat
4: it eat it Degrassi
2: but I still love Degrassi so thank you Lindsay I didn't know that it was pronounced Degrassi
3: it's Degrassi
2: I feel like I pronouncing it Degrassi was giving it more depth or something Degrassi makes it sound more like trashy fun which I guess is what it is you know
3: I've never watched Degrassi, so I don't know.
2: Oh, but now you can know how to pronounce it correctly. No, I know how to
3: pronounce it. And I won't offend any Canadians on our podcast.
2: Also, speaking of Degrassi, shout out Degrassi icon and legend, Lauren Collins, a.k.a. Paige Mialchuk. Bobby, this means nothing to you.
3: Nothing. Um, nothing.
2: But I actually would like you to watch at least one episode before we have Lauren come on the show and and talk to us. I think she's going to do it. So um, we should get that together.
3: That's fun. Just a, She's just a, a listener who happens to be a former star of Degrassi. Or current. Not just, a, f-
2: not just a casual. I mean, you, you didn't watch. You don't understand. But, like, her, the character that she played was a very important, iconic character in the Degrassi world. Little girl, you really don't want to go there. At Degrassi, I was known for making girls cry with nothing more than an evil eye or a snort. And, by the way, you don't just flat out insult the person. Is that right? It should be backhanded, like, hon. That skirt is really slimming in the waist. You now, what to do with those saddlebags?
3: That's exciting. That's exciting for us. You
2: don't sound excited.
3: Well, again, I don't know her, so um, I've actually <laughs> never met any of them. Next call. Okay. Last comment.
2: Hi guys. This is a comment
4: about kombucha. I'm sure you've gotten a million, but actually, I'm calling to agree with Lindsay. My sister actually owns her own kombucha company, and one time I helped her brew it. And honestly, the scoby is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. It's like an enormous, like, phlegm booger. Like, it's gross. It's disgusting. Bobby, if uh, if you saw it, you probably wouldn't drink kombucha anymore.
1: Anyway... That's a lot to say about kombucha.
4: It's definitely a who drink. You know, just to tie it back to the theme of the show. Um, okay, good fun, both Bye. Thank you. I'm not going to brew
3: kombucha at home. I feel like I would, I would you know, there would be some you know, anomalous chemical reaction where I would be one in 100,000 kombucha brewers have their homes explode. So that would certainly happen to me. Where it's like, well, he got he got one of the bad Scobies, I guess. There's I like, just
2: love the idea of your house, your apartment exploding and people being like, was it a meth lab? And somebody's like, mm, no, kombucha accident. Great. Um. Also, thank you so much for calling in and defending me.
3: I wanted to give you, you know, you had one person yelling at you and we should end with someone agreeing with you just so we don't end on a downer note
2: these comments are really all about my life i don't know if you noticed that but my eating of starbucks parfait my pronouncing degrassi mm, wrong and my insulting your kombucha talent uh talents uh, you don't have talents yet your kombucha dreams
3: <laughs> my kombucha dreams um i have hot sauce wishes and kombucha dreams
2: hi
4: bobby and Lindsay. Uh, this is Patty from San Francisco, currently in Boston on a work trip, and um, just had dinner with some coworkers, got a little drunk, was doing some Instagram Discover browsing on my train ride home to my hotel, and I found someone, a twin, called the Kaplan Twins. They have like 100,000 followers. Their mom has a handle called Kaplan Twins Mom, and basically what they do from what I can understand, is they make paint, oil paintings of like Kim Kardashian's boobs and it is art. And then I Googled them and I saw this random article that was like them, that they were saying that they they agree that their art is pornographic, but it's also art, so it's not pornographic. I'm very confused. They seem to be fashion people. They're just basically, all their paintings are like boobs or them rubbing their asses. on like, this is um, very strange and weird. Um, if you could talk a little bit more about the Kaplan twins, that would be great. I feel like they're burgeoning who's if not already. Um, thank you for your detective work. Good form. Have a great day. Bye.
3: Uh-huh. This is really funny. So I was... Talking to Lindsay about this before we started recording. And I think what's really exciting about this call is that neither of us have heard of these women.
2: This is a first in a while for me that we I had that,
3: no idea who these people were I, until this call. Yeah.
2: And not even like a context. Like sometimes people will call and say, oh, this person, this Vine star, this this Musical.ly star, and I'll know, like, what connects them yeah, to everything yeah. else. But this, like, is literally a bubble in which I have never even approached. This Like, no. I don't know anything about these two in any context.
3: I found, so the Kaplan twins, let's get it started. They're these young New York residents. Uh, from what I can tell, they went to NYU, and the reason I know that is because there was a photo of them, like, half naked, holding holding their NYU diplomas. And it's like, thanks, Mom and Dad. And they're, like, oh. sexily posing with their NYU diplomas. Oh. Um, they have, you know, BFAs. They're oil painters, but they're also, like, sexy. And they sort of look like the Olsen twins and the Kirk sisters merged and oh, were born great. and raised. in Like, that's what they look like. Um, yeah. Yeah. And they're very into their Olsen twins aesthetic and they reference it a lot. Like there are these weird photos of them with their mother. Lindsay, you haven't seen this. Click the link no. I'm putting in the doc right here. So I found the mother's account, which was actually sort of hard to count to find. The caller mentioned it, but her account was actually hard to find. It's wild. When you see photos like this, you're like, oh, okay. Oh I know that my I, God. I understand this family. So, like, the mom was very into, like, dressing her daughters up. And, you know, telling their her daughters that they were sexy when they were, like, 11 years old. It's very weird. Whoa. Um... um mm-hmm.
2: Well, I mean, you could just tell that they just come from a really, really rich family. And they come from a really, of...
3: really rich family. And
2: their mom is an art advisor, oh, to them. And then it says... To them, yeah. Art advisor to, to them. them. Hot mama and real estate does sales at Douglas Elman. So clearly they come from a wealthy rich family. Rich Manhattan family. They grew up around people who do stuff like this and knew exactly how to break into the art industry and use their like sexuality and the fact that they're twins to paint other naked things and become famous. If yeah. you think about like the last like, artist selection in a sense like it would back be back in like the 70s 80s like it'd be like wow. yeah, yeah comparing like literally, literally they're running at. to like studio 54 they're friends with like the celebrities totally. and like warhol has like a, a star on like the, the <laughs> yeah think. he totally does yeah, yeah. and yeah. it's like what artists now can like any of you think of that are like you know celebrities it's like maybe online. jeff coons but, like, but like he's, he's not, still not even really then out he's not in the
3: public eye he's not like mainstream
2: in that sense
3: yeah so like like yeah there's like they're totally playing off the fact that like people are going to fetishize the fact that they're twins that they're hot that they're young and it's like oh but also we're talented but also like we love celebrities and so their art is focused a lot on like celebrities particularly female celebrities particularly naked female celebrities so they do a lot of oil adaptations of iconic naked selfies of like kim kardashian and emily Radikowski and paris hilton so like they did this whole series of oil paintings based on kim kardashian's sex tape with ray j and apparently one of them got sold to Pornhub. And it's in Pornhub's offices. And they sort of got a lot of press over that. Right. They're friends sort of somehow with a f- some famous people. I don't know. There are a couple photos of them with Charlie Puth. God knows why they're friends with him. <laughs> but I realized but I realized I had seen... And they're friends with those twin comedians. You know, those twin comedians with the glasses. Like the nerdy yeah, twin yeah, comedians. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're friends yeah, yeah. with them. But the Charlie Puth photo I realized i had seen before because I was laughing and I actually texted it to Gia just last week because it was so funny. It was like, what's the big freaking difference? You know, they're really easy like highlights versions where it's like you have to find the difference between two photos. And one of them I Uh thought was funny because it was like one of the photos had Charlie Puth's Scar on his eyebrow, you know he has that eyebrow scar, uh-huh, uh-huh. and the other one they photoshopped over the scar, and he looked what? like a completely different person. So when I saw this photo, I thought they were just two random Instagram models. I thought maybe one of uh-huh. them was Haley Baldwin, but no, they were the Kaplan twins. So I have seen their photo recently, so it makes sense that the <laughs> caller was like, "Oh, they're kind of on the come up, um, they're coming I just, soon." I
2: don't, I don't think. I- I'm curious how they're going to come on the come up in terms of like in my life, like how I'm going to first encounter them and uh, not via Who Weekly phone calls.
3: If they keep doing, if they make a name for themselves, like, I just doing have to say art. like
2: their paintings of naked uh, people and the, the porn stuff is like a smart, a good way to get press. But if you go to their actual Everything website, else it, is bad. It reminds me a lot of like um, when I worked at Vulture, the art critic is this guy named Jerry Saltz. And a lot of like what he kind of, speaks about and deals with is like the very like weird but very interesting question like is this art like is this art or is this just something else like mm-hmm. and for them I literally look at everything that they do and I'm like this is not art but it's an impression of art it's like if mm-hmm. you see a lot of art and then you do your best impression they have a tab called performances which is the weirdest a bunch of just things that they did and called art and one of them is called we built a fucking tp and it's just literally they built a tp and got in it and then call and then we're like tp 2014 like
3: did you know made it we in the tp it's art <laughs> and then there's one where they go to their parents Mixed media
2: installation and then we have one of us with chocolate smeared yeah. all over our butts and, and, strawberries, and up strawberries up our butts.
3: butts there's one where it's like our butts Butts in a box and it's literally like a giant box and then they're standing in the box but just their butts visible in the box but they're in the woods and it's like yeah all right performance installation 2013 like Hudson River Valley I don't fucking know. It's just
2: really basic they're clearly the the idea that they're twins is what really like that's their hook for everything like they Mm -hmm. have this they had this performance called Mirror Stage where they literally just did that thing where you like Mm -hmm. Mirror each other's actions, and because they're twins, it's like a thing or whatever. And but they, is it
3: art? No, no,
2: it, no, no. And if it is, it's like a, it's a copy of an art that somebody did a long time ago that was interesting because they were the first to do it, and these girls are like the millionth to do it. You know, they're just did you copying each other?
3: Did you see the art where they? slept naked together with like toys like stuffed animals and then they sold the toys for like three hundred dollars each and it was called boy toys
2: i mean women do that all the time on the internet like right there's nothing novel about it
3: there's (laughs) nothing novel about anything they're doing but they are sort of fascinating
2: i don't consider myself like an art critic or person or whatever but i just this is a very transparent attempt at uh, using art as a way to get press, basically.
3: Well, it's their one. They're basically just normal Instagram thirst traps. Their one unique selling proposition, or whatever, is that they actually have talent when it comes to painting. Painting. So but every once else. in a while, right? So every once in a while, you'll just see you'll just see these two thirsty photos of like, uh, oh, we're naked, we're naked in the mirror together, and we're twins. Like, uh. Oh. I was going to say, the three photos down, there's actually, like, you know, a very nice oil painting of something. But it just so happens well, that they, something they is going to be naked selfies of themselves in oil form.
2: They can paint. Someone can paint in this situation and somebody is painting. But what I, what's killing me is these these performance acts are just wild. Like, can I read you this the description of this performance piece? Yes. You know that meme that's, like, goes to Egypt once and then, like, yes. something? This is, like, takes one art class or something. Ready? In this performance piece, one twin sits on a stool in front of a white wall while the other twin paints over her with white paint, attempting to make her disappear. However, you can still see her figure among the white wall, representing the we in our relationship. No matter what, the other can never be separated from the self, and our identity will always be shared. In previous pieces, we discussed the various influences that we as twins have on the viewer, (laughs) exploiting a number of different cultural paradoxes and tendencies. In this piece, however, we focus more on the effect that being twins has on ourselves, forcing you were to think about what it would be like to have a twin oh,
3: oh god. my god that's it reminds of, wild like, it just reminds you of college it just reminds me of writing essays yeah. on something where it's like yeah. oh you need to turn a 10 page thing on x by tomorrow yeah. and you're like well yeah. i guess i gotta write something that's right. what you and then do you,
2: you go you search art <laughs> on the internet <laughs> art. internet art <laughs>
3: and i gotta say i'm not interested in them in like wanting to know more about them but i gotta meet their mother this kaplan twins mama because she is like Amy oh, Polar. She is like Amy Poehler from Mean Girls Come to Life and but, like move to art Manhattan. World. <laughs> but in the art world, it is wild. And these photos of her, oh my god. You gotta you gotta you gotta follow the mom on Instagram because what is the mom's Instagram?
2: Is, like Captain Twin's mom or something? It's
3: Kaplan Twin's Mama.
2: Do you think your work is feminist? Um we get asked that a lot, and it's it's more of just like Everyone should just it's be It's just, viewed. like, yeah, I'm going like, to do what I do, and, like, you have your opinion, but, like, I don't think what I'm doing is wrong, or, like, I should get viewed differently because like I'm slut, a woman. like, slut well, That's, that's yeah. exactly what feminism is, but, though. Right, <laughs> but, but I'm not, like, super, like, for it. Like, I'm not, like, we're not doing it because that's what we're, like, fighting for. Right. We're doing it because this is, like, just inherently a part of our culture.
0: Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. I just saw a tweet from an entertainment, like, a celebrity entertainment account and they used no establishing details to describe these two women, and I was hoping you could help me out. Um, here's the headline. Caitlin Isham slams Cheryl Maitland for hypocrisy after staging paparazzi photos. Uh, and then there's a photo of two completely traitless, blonde, white women um, who look like they could be any two girls anyone in any country went to high school with. Just two completely arbitrary women. Um, but their names are Caitlin Isham and Cheryl Maitland. And apparently Cheryl has been staging her pra- her, spa- her, <laughs> her paparazzi. Anyway, uh, if you guys could let me know who she is, or both of them are, that'd be huge.
3: Wow! What a nice call from a completely sober caller named Christine. <laughs> wow! Um, Thanks for
2: taking time out from your busy schedule to give us a call, Christine. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um. So, you knew who these people were right, Caitlyn Isham and Cheryl Maitland. I've seen their name. Of we read the Daily not. Mail, so we see their. Oh, of I see their not. names all I don't the time. Know who
2: they are, but they are Australian because they are Australian. <laughs> In case Cheryl Maitland is
3: on the show Married at First Sight, which is. It's not a good sign if you're famous for being on the show Married at First Sight.
2: Right. <laughs> on But just, like, on, on every level?
3: On every level, not many good things are going to happen if you were famous for being on Married at First Sight. Um, and then there's Caitlin Isham, who was on the show Seven Year Switch, which, who? I gotta admit, never what? had time to Google.
2: No, I don't, yeah. It's just funny because one of them basically... Uh, called out so oh no no this is what happened a photographer a sydney photographer exposed a series of messages he shared with cheryl in which she appears to have hit him up with her itineraries
3: oh uh. so, uh,
2: so basically what ended up happening was this this photographer jaden safarth she tells him she's going to melbourne and asks which photo set he may work best um And he posted that to his Instagram and wrote on wrote the caption, "When they need to stay relevant."
3: (laughs) (laughs) I just I think one of the reasons my I I just couldn't I couldn't bring myself to be scandalized by this is that like I assume that most paparazzi shots are are planned.
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I know
3: the I know that there are plenty of paparazzi who go out there taking photographs of people who don't want to be photographed. I understand that's probably the bulk of it, but in my own jaded. Spencer Prattian way I like a, I assume that you know a chunk a decent percentage of paparazzi photos are staged so why is it scandalous to see that these like bottom of the barrel celebrities are doing that of course they are
2: Well just funny because he her answer was like oh this guy like messaged me all the time asking where I'm going to be and so I finally told him and then he's yeah. like how like this thirsty star and it's like you probably do it's your business to take photos of her I don't understand why you you do it's really not a smart business move for a photographer to to call out a celebrity for telling him where she is when that is literally how he makes money like what other now celebrities are or no or pseudo celebrities are going to even message him and be like here's where i am isn't that his job right yeah
3: um also i looked up the show seven year switch which was described by the daily mail as a controversial tv show in australia
2: why is it controversial
3: listen to the listen to the premise the show features yeah. four married couples whose relationships are in turmoil. Yikes. The married people are matched with a person from one of the couples and are to live together for 14 days. During this time, there are no rules. What? And then at the end of the 14 days, each of the couples will reunite and make the decision to either part ways or reaffirm their commitment. So it's like what? wife so it's like wife swap, but the point is like But
2: like you cheat?
3: You could if you want to because it says there are no rules there's mean, only been one season there's only been one season oh. and this person this caitlin person became famous off of it and it i guess it was moderately successful
2: i mean i i mean great. we'll see
3: that in america soon enough i'm sure I,
2: yeah I, yeah it's true i can't coming to abc to when bachelor in
3: paradise is canceled
2: <laughs> oh, don't get me started we can talk about do, you that later? So do you think it's gonna get canceled
3: do you think it's gonna get i'm devastated just side note
2: you mean you mean forever or just this forever season? Uh, I think there's, like, a 60% chance it'll get canceled forever.
3: <laughs> okay. Um, next call.
0: Hi, Who Weekly.
4: It's June, which means it's Pride Month. And I feel like your show is already full of um, gay thems that are straight who's. For example, I feel like Carly Rae Jepsen is, like, the epitome of that. But I was wondering if you could maybe delve into a few more examples, not to shade your former guests, but Betty Who would be another one, even though I think that she might even be a gay Who. Um, But yeah, interested to hear your thoughts. Good form, Bella Thorne. Happy Pride. Um, Aww,
3: happy Pride. Happy happy Pride. Uh, I can go through this really quickly because I made a little list.
2: Oh, I see your list. It's you can see my. The, it's quite the <laughs> smattering of gay talent. So we
3: have, so we have, we have like personal icons like Carrie Coon and Patricia Clarkson. <laughs> though I could see <laughs> other gay people flocking to those two women specifically.
2: Why are Carrie Coon um, and Patricia Clarkson like the same like slash? Why is it either? Why are they interchangeable?
3: Because I feel like they're not broadly like, gay icons or, like, gay thems. So you're saying like,
2: prestige, Mm. older prestige actresses is a category of gay thems.
3: Not even Carrie Coon isn't older. Carrie Coon's in her 30s. Um, True, true. But there's something about playing, you know, which is a tale as old as time... Queer people, marginalized people like stories about, you know, other marginalized people who strong people who have gone through trauma and then, you know, Mm -hmm. overcome it Mm -hmm. with grace and dignity. And if (laughs) Patricia Clarkson is not one of those people, then I will just jump out the window right now. Um, (laughs) Don't do it. Well, it's like it's like that we like you like gay people love movies about scorned women. Like that's why gay people love First Wives Club and like how Stella got her groove back. They like that Mm -hmm. shit moving on in the music spectrum you got joanna newsom i like joanna newsom i just know that people like gay people love joanna newsom you got joanna newsom <laughs> tanache people get very rabid about tanache as all of you did know Did you see
2: that tanache article this week also we did not yes. even discuss that we can discuss
3: it all. we can discuss it on monday um, because tanache is now mad
2: putting a lot of blame on a lot of people tanache Tinashe.
3: tanache's mad i mean tanache enough blame more flame you know Moving on, we've got Perfume Genius, right? Perfume Genius. Gay people love Perfume Genius. If my brother saw Perfume Genius on the street, he wouldn't really, he wouldn't notice actually. He wouldn't say anything. I would flip out. Sure, sure,
2: sure. Moving on from the
3: music angle, we have, I think, just top of mind, Janet Mock. People are, people, gay, queer people love Janet Mock, but I don't think, you know, my parents would know who Janet Mock is, right? But she's like iconic in in uh-huh. the, the queer community then there's uh-huh. like i don't know then my mind just sort of went all over the place Yeah, you really <laughs> <laughs> you can see like you can see i'm just gonna so finish weird. doing this divine uh-huh. divine uh-huh. iconic drag queen this list um, is now like... dead andre leon tally i was thinking about him recently whatever
2: <laughs> yeah
3: andre leon tally uh, Nikki Blonsky from the movie Hairspray. That's all I'll say about Nikki Blonsky. <laughs> not Nikki hairspray.
2: Blonsky. Nikki Blonsky from the movie Hairspray Nikki, is Nikki what gay people from know. The movie not hairspray. Nikki Blonsky. Straight people right. know Nikki Blonsky. Gay people know <laughs> Nikki Blonsky from the movie
3: Hairspray. Yes. No. Exactly. There is there's a, a difference. What there. is
2: this next one?
3: Danny from the real world, New Orleans. See exactly. <laughs> no. Straight. Straight. You don't get to who
2: just put like hot gay people that have been on? No. TV I on feel this like list.
3: Danny from the Danny from the real world. I'm sure was one of the first men and a generation of gay men. Had a crush on. Was where they were like, you, wait the a second. Was this oh, just he's a huge one, of the first, one of the first. One of the first. Pride month, every year, you will notice someone on Instagram. Kerry O'Donnell did this recently. Shout out to Kerry O'Donnell. Posted just ha- like happy pride, and it was just a photo of Danny from the real world. <laughs> and if you notice, like a billion people comment on it because. People are obsessed with him. Mm-hmm, he was an iconic gay mm-hmm, character who had a mm-hmm, secret, and his boyfriend mm-hmm. had a blurry face, and he was in the military. Oh, I'll never forget
2: his blurry face. His blurry face. <laughs> <was> <laughs> and this was like pre was this was early internet or pre when this what was, year was this? Oh,
3: this was 1999.
2: So okay, so early internet, and you it was really hard to find what Paul looked like on the internet. Oh, and, and, you, and you could thought not like these days you would find it immediately. It would just be like oh obviously everyone knows what Paul looks like, you know? Yeah. But but at the time it was you were like, like difficult.
3: I, and then you and then they revealed paul later on on mtv like a few years later in some sit-down right. interview but then they and broke up like, and it okay. was whatever who cares i'm over danny from the real world um then i don't know why not this... over paul no not not over not over that no i'm over paul oh I'm not, but over... not danny yeah not okay. danny no one will ever be yeah. over danny Then there's Cynthia Nixon's wife, iconic Christine uh, Maranoni. You
2: mean Rojo Caliente, as D-Listed would call her? (laughs)
3: D-Listed. Right, that's what I was going to say. Like, iconic because of D-Listed. It was a big deal when Cynthia Nixon came out. And I think they're they're still together. So it's just like this iconic thing. There was this interview with Cynthia Nixon. She said she's the only woman she's ever kissed. I don't know. No, no, no. I mean,
2: I think it's great. But Christine. I also think that if you had said, who is Christine Marian- Marianoni, I'd be like, I have no idea. But if you were like, oh, Rojo Caliente, I'd be like, oh, my Ro- God, iconic.
3: Rojo <laughs> Caliente. Or you saw a photo of Rojo Caliente, you'd be like, iconic.
2: Yes, iconic. <laughs> um, Legendary.
3: Just like two red-haired women loving each other I just got to say, this it. is
2: like a wonderful list. There's so many more of these, but this is just like quite the, quite the list.
3: Quite the list. There are plenty of them. Call us. Tweet us. Use the hashtag hashtag Gay Them Straight Who. Love to hear your thoughts. Do you
2: think there are thoughts. straight them's gay who's? Yes. Yeah, sports. sports.
3: <laughs> every every sport.
2: Every sport. Every like a sport,
3: sport person, the Rogers. We talked like Aaron Rodgers. I don't know.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Any 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 sort of like famous sport, the Curry yeah. guy, the basketball player, whatever.
2: The Curry guy. We need to move on. Steph Curry. Um, goodbye.
3: Steph Curry. Moving on. Curry One more guy. call. One more call. One more call. The Curry guy.
2: Hey, Who
1: Weekly. Long time, first time. Love the podcast. Um, so I just watched, like, the Who Superman movie, Superman Returns. It's on TV. Um, and it led me thinking to, like, whatever happened to Kate Bosworth? Not that I, like, think she should have a comeback. I mean, she's, she's not very good in the movie. She's no Amy Adams. Um, but, like, there was that time... When it was, like, her and Sienna Miller were on, like, every single fashion magazine. Like, I think there was even, like, a Jezebel article about it, like, because it was just so weird. Uh, And, like, Sienna Miller, like, people are like, oh, she's, like, actually a good actress now, which, whatever. Like, is Kate Bosworth also going to do that? Or, like, I don't know. Um, Also, I just (laughs) remembered that in the Who Weekly Facebook group... There was this thing where Kate Bosworth, like, made a... I think it was, like, a Calvin Klein t-shirt, and she, like, made a fake one. Like, she printed out, like, a label and, like, put it on herself, which is really sad. Um, So I guess that's what she's up to now. Anyway, love the show. Good form. Bella Thorne. Bye.
3: Kate Bosworth. Lindsay, what do you know about Kate Bosworth lately?
2: I just... I don't know anything about her lately. Um, I know that she, I know, like, all the people she dated, which is bad, and I you know, that know she was... Do
3: you know who she married? That's the question. No. No. She married this, like, hot movie director named Michael Polish, who was, like, kind of a up-and-coming, sort of a big deal because he made movies with his brother. We're doing a lot of twin stuff today. Um, this guy, Mark and Michael Polish, they called themselves the Polish brothers. Do you remember this movie, Twin Falls, Idaho?
2: Yes, and I remember Astronaut Mm Farmer.
3: Sorry, Conjoined Twins. That was very bad. Cut that out. Where they were um, Conjoined Twins and they made Astronaut Farmer. They made this really good movie called North Fork that I love, but it's really old. Um, they haven't made a movie anyone cared about in over 10 years. But the point is, he's like hot still in the movies. He gets invited to movie events still. So they go on red carpet stuff together. Um, they love each other. Her Instagram is mostly just like glamour shots of him and the two of them together. Um, she star-
2: he's starring in her. She's starring in his next film that's supposed to come out this year in September called Nona.
3: Um, no one will care about that movie. Just <laughs> calling it now. Um, but the, the the Jezebel article, no one will. The Jezebel article that the caller is talking about is from Dodi Stewart four years ago called Who the Fuck Gives a Shit About Kate Bosworth? Because there was a time, (laughs) which is so funny, classic Dodi, because there was a time when she was on the cover of every single magazine from, you know, actual fashion magazines to the shopping magazines like Lucky. Um, And the thing was, she wasn't promoting any movies. She's just one of those people who has A-list name recognition because she was flash in the pan famous for, you know. Two years in the early 2000s. She's so pretty. She never, she just like never stopped appearing places. She never went away. She was just like, stopped being in movies. She was in of She was always on the cover of stuff.
2: But she, but I, but if you were like, what's her most iconic role? I wouldn't have an answer for you. Blue Crush.
3: Blue Crush is her most iconic role. Also, right. second most iconic role would be the horse whisperer when she dies at the beginning on the horse. <laughs> Which is so traumatizing. The horse... Before we answered
2: this, Bobby was like, remember when she died on a horse? Like, no, I don't remember. And
3: Lindsay was like, I don't remember when she died on the horse. Yeah, she died on the horse and the horse whisperer. Um, I feel like our friend Christine, who called in to this show uh, a few calls ago, one time described her as like... I'm probably butchering what Christine said about her, but I've never been able to forget or my own personal memory of it. But it was like, she's like the embodiment of Connecticut. She's just like, Connecticut. (gasps) Like, I was
2: just thinking about that because they lived in Connecticut.
3: <laughs> they lived in Connecticut. So like Kate Bosworth and I is thought just to like myself, Connecticut. Wow, she
2: looks so much like Connecticut. <laughs> she
3: yeah. She just Kate Bosworth looks like Connecticut even though she was born in LA. She was raised in Massachusetts and Connecticut, but whatever.
2: Yeah, you're like what do people in Connecticut look like? I'd be like Kate Bosworth, 100%. That's 100% accurate. Thank you. Good job, Point. Christine.
3: Yes. Christine, great. Christine is a great, um, like our friend Stephen, excellent at providing descriptors of people. She's also unless from they Connecticut. Are, unless from they Connecticut. are Australian who's in which case she's speechless. But aren't we all? I will say Kate Bosworth is... I'm going to call her a them, though. I think she's a them just straight up because we, we know her face, we know her name, we know her job. I think she's a them.
2: I think her name is iconic enough to be... Uh, to be them. For now. Yeah. For now. But I want to do one thing. I want to find one thing and play it for you. Hold on. Oh, no. Ready? Do you oh, remember no. this? Hold on. The window, all this do you remember wait, this? she tried to sing? This is her singing. Ready? Wait Would for it. it? Just wait. Just wait. Ready? <laughs> That is Kate Bosworth singing the cotton commercial <laughs> jingle.
3: Just when you uh, thought it couldn't get any wider, Kate Bosworth <laughs> sang about cotton, cotton, <laughs> in the tweeest way imaginable.
2: So I guess that cotton ad didn't really cross her over into pop stardom, right? She didn't really break out from that and get a singing career.
3: Who else did cotton ads? There was like a uh, series Zooey of Zoe Deschanel. Zoe
2: Deschanel, right? That's the that's the second most iconic cotton. Commercial <laughs> ad song. <laughs> remember when she did the Siri ad? Remember? Um,
3: no, I don't remember that. Hold on. Nothing more Who Weekly than listening to one of us type and saying, "Hold on."
2: <laughs> I know, just wait. But I'm, I'm gonna cut that out. You need a website. Kiss that rain. <laughs> yes, it appears to be raining.
3: Oh. No, that's funny. That's funny. Whatever happened is, uh, is New Girl still on or is that canceled?
2: It's still on. It's on, and this is what it sounds like.
3: <laughs> you're right, the song. Yes. This is the song.
2: To the this is the song that I'm going to play at my funeral. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and uh, next up uh, at Lindsay's funeral, we're going to play the song that killed her. <laughs> Lindsay, you have my word. When you die, I will get... <laughs> I will get Zoe Deschanel to show up at your funeral with her ukulele. Oh my god!
2: You're you could like write her a letter and be like, "This was her last wish."
3: I would also get her to do a bit before singing, it, and then she'd be like, "Hey Siri, is Lindsey Weber alive?" And then Siri would be like, "No, Lindsay <laughs> Weber passed away on like whatever."
2: It's so good. Anyways, Kate Bosworth is not as iconic as Zoe Deschanel in terms of Cotton's history.
3: Kate Bosworth is, however, a them, but it's you know. How long is it going to last? I mean, it's lasted almost 20 years, so it's probably yeah, going to last no, it's forever. True.
2: Sorry about that. All right. So, yeah, this is the end of the and episode. And she will always look
3: good in clothes, <laughs> so she's going to be on the cover of magazines. Kate Bosworth is not going away. Yeah.
2: Okay, well, Kate Bosworth is here to stay, and that's the, <laughs> and that's, that's the story. We're sticking to it. Thank you for listening to Who Weekly, uh, who's there. Thank you for calling in. Thank you for rating us on iTunes. Again, if you haven't done it, just do it. It's so nice. It really uh, helps the show a lot. Do it. And it's we appreciate really, really it. nice. Um, you sound so exasperated. Like all that Kate Bosworth energy. And uh, we will see you uh, next week. We have a lot to talk about. A lot to talk have about.
3: too much to talk about. Bye. Have a great Bye. weekend. Bye. <laughs> Bye. You will say that. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah,
3: They want to know. Boom.
2: Come on. Come on. Hey, aren't
1: you to same famous. Touch
0: the feel, the fabric of our life. The touch the feel of cotton, fabric of my life. That was a HeadGum Podcast.